Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a lay leader in your local church, God wants you to be a great Christian leader. And our topic today, so relevant, depression recovery. Maybe you're dealing with depression or you want to know how to minister to people dealing with depression in your community. Our guest, Dr. Neil Nedley. Neil, it's great to have you with us today. Well, thank you. And I have been so here. blessed because my wife is really uh, involved in, in ministry to people. She loves the books you've written. And just share with us um, your journey and, and, and how you became so interested in depression recovery. Well, I became interested in it because so many of my patients had depression and anxiety. And whenever I see something very common in patient after patient, I realize as a physician, I need to become an expert in that area. So uh, there was a, a very clear need. Uh, now I hear, I obviously I'm not medical, medically trained, but it, I hear about depression as being like an epidemic. Is it really that bad? It is. It's actually increasing throughout the world. In fact, uh, one of the most prestigious journals um, in the world called Nature Magazine had an entire issue on depression and they mentioned that there's not a single country in the world that's not affected by it. Mm. Some more so than others, but about 400 million people have depression, major depression worldwide. So you, you became interested because you saw it occurring over and over again as patients came for help. Exactly. And I realized that, you know, I can't just do a patch job if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm seeing them on a regular basis. I need to become an expert in the field. And so that's when I went on my quest to become um, someone very knowledgeable on the field. And, and God is blessed in amazing ways, and we'll come to that a little later in the program. Let's talk about definitions. How would you define depression? Well, depression actually means you have five of nine symptoms. It doesn't mean just sadness. A lot of people think, oh, I don't have depression because I'm not sad. That's only one symptom. Another symptom is apathy. This is where you wake up in the morning and you're not excited about the don't day. Don't want to get up. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and so that's a symptom. And you have to have these symptoms majority of time for two weeks. A third one is lack of concentration, where you, you're reading something, you get to the bottom of the page, and you re, re, know that you didn't remember what was at the top of the page. And so you have to go down it again. And so you can also almost be in a brain fog. Uh, sleep um, disturbances, whether it's wanting to sleep all the time or waking up too early and not being able to go back to sleep or having insomnia, weight or appetite changes, um, fatigue, uh, loss of energy, uh, morbid thoughts. Uh, these, these symptoms, you don't have to have all of them, just five of nine symptoms. And if you have those symptoms, you have major depression and you're at risk for a whole lot of problems. I'm imagining someone watching uh, going, oh no, as they're checking, as you're mentioning each one. Um, if we don't know we're depressed, uh, we just keep dragging on not knowing what's wrong? That's right. A lot of people just think that this is normal for their, that phase of existence. Okay. It's not normal to be depressed. Okay. Uh, and uh, it should be considered as something that is outside the realms of normality so that the individual can get the therapy that they need to get over it because depression should only be a transient problem. It should never be a permanent problem. Mm. Now, I remember I was reading a Bible text where Solomon says anxiety within the heart of man causes depression, but a 
good heart or glad heart, um, good heart makes it glad or something. Is anxiety, that's different from depression, right? It is, but there's a lot of overlap. Okay. Um, about 80% of people with depression have anxiety. Okay. And uh, probably two-thirds of the people with anxiety have depression. And so there is some overlap there. But anxiety is where you are feeling on edge. Mm. Uh, and uh, you just have this um, sense of maybe even dread or impending doom. That would be anxiety. Uh, but there are other forms of it. There is obsessive compulsive disorder, which is an anxiety disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder, where you have movies of trauma being played back, that's an anxiety disorder. Panic disorder. Social phobias, anyone that has a phobia has actually an anxiety disorder. So anxiety, actually, if we take a look at all the anxiety disorders, it's even more common than depression. So we're going to talk about treatment plans a little later, but how many people are taking medication for, to try to feel better? Scores of individuals. It's now the number one classified um, category of drugs dispensed in the Western world are uh, dealing with depression and anxiety. And so uh, these drugs are flying off the shelves, but as Nature Magazine mentioned, these drugs have their limitations. Mm. They're not a cure-all. And they might cover the symptoms, but sometimes they even prevent us from discovering more of the reasons for it to be able to get a cure because they're more of the patch job than they are actually dealing with the root causes. And if we deal with the root causes, then we can talk about the cure word. Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk about some. We've talked about some symptoms. Yes. You, you, you list, I think, nine of them, right? Yes. And all of these are, are in your book, Depression: The Way Out. Correct. Right. Yes. Yeah. So we, we we check. We go. Oh, I think I've got four um, of nine. Yeah. You can also take a free test on our website. Okay. Uh, to find out whether you have it and how severe it is, and so it's a very simple test. You can go through quick nine or ten questions, and you'll have the answer. All right. Uh, later in the program, what's the web address, and we'll put it up later. Uh, that's drnedley.com. Drnedley.com. Okay, we'll put that up a little later, so yeah. people could actually go take the test. Yeah, and find and out go, whether they have it. Oh, I'm. Yeah, I've got two things I'm dealing with right now, but overall I'm doing well. Or exactly. red light starts. Uh, that's right. Flashing. Um, Let's, after the break, we're going to talk about um, some causes of depression, what you mm -hmm. call in your book hits. That's right. I didn't know what that was at first, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, recognizing some things that can cause depression. Um, risk factors. Risk factors would be another way. Yeah. Perhaps you're, you're watching the program and you're going, I have a loved one who is really depressed. I'm, I don't know how to diagnose that, but if you're talking about the symptoms, my loved one, my church uh, co-leader is depressed. What can we do to help? We're going to talk about causes of depression and then the way out to some strategies that can help us to experience life in all of its fullness. We're talking about depression recovery with Dr. Neil Nedley. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion right after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. 
Our topic today, depression recovery, and our guest, Dr. Neil Nedley. Neil, before we go on to talk about causes, uh, does it affect people of every age, men and women? It Is does. it any respecter of persons? It's no respecter of persons. It can affect every profession. It can affect every age. Um, it is a little more common in females uh, versus males if we're just taking, taking a look at depression. But suicide is more common in males than in females. And what about age? Can children be depressed too? Or they can, yes. In fact, many of the people that we see, when I ask them, how long has this been going on? They'll say, you know, from the time of my earliest memories, I think I've wow. had depression. Wow. So it can happen in childhood. In your, in your book and in the Depression Recovery Program, you talk about hits or risk factors. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming we all take some hits or have some risk factors, isn't That's, that right? Well, yes, uh, part of just about everybody life. can, yes. But fortunately, the brain is pretty resilient. Okay. So we can undergo four different categories of risk factors or three and still not have depression. But once we get four, five, six, any brain is susceptible to depression. There are a lot of people thinking, hey, I'm never going to suffer from this. I've never had it. You get enough hits, you're going to get it. And, and that was me, um, I don't know how many years ago now, <laughs> more than 20 years ago, and I just moved and there were a lot of other changes and then I broke out in lesions on, on my body yeah. and I didn't know they were taking uh, biopsies and and my wife said, you're depressed. I said, I don't get depressed. <laughs> and she gave me the symptoms, and I said, I'm depressed. Yes, that's so right. So talk to me. I think you have in your book 10 uh, Yes, there's 10 categories of risk factors. There's actually over 100 causes of depression, but we've categorized them into 10 different categories. Okay. And, of course, the one that everyone knows about is genetics. Um, if your mom or dad were depressed, they're more likely that you're going to have it. But that's never enough to cause depression in and of itself. So you might have every bad gene known to mankind, and you still won't have depression unless you have other hits. Okay, so don't give up if, if you've got a parent who's depressed or That's right. a brother who's depressed. Exactly. The okay. second one is developmental. That has to do with how we were raised. If we were raised with a history of trauma and abuse and and a dysfunctional family, that can play a role in regards to our brain. So that's a second hit category. But again, you need about four before you're going to get depression. So. And that's something that I really am not able to do anything about if I grew up in a, a that's unhealthy right. environment. Right? You're going to have that developmental hit go with you, but it doesn't have to affect you if you take care of the other hits that you can take care of. All right, let's, let's go on to the third. So uh, the third one are lifestyle hits. This has to do with whether you're on a regular exercise program whether you're being exposed to bright light. It turns out light through the eyes helps our brain chemistry. Uh, and uh, whether you're being exposed to fresh enough air on a regular basis. No, so, that's something we can do something about, exactly. right? Exactly. And I understand in your residential depression recovery program, uh, people do a lot of walking. They get out to... Exercise is key. Uh, you know, actually working the body physically helps it mentally. That's and amazing. so, uh, yeah, exercise is a key part of uh, improving as well as preventing depression and anxiety. So if someone's taking a list, they can put alongside, we can do something about this, right? Exactly. Lifestyle issues. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Number four? Number four is circadian um, rhythm hits. This has to do with our regularity and our schedule. And uh, what studies have shown is the best schedule to be on for brain chemistry is early to bed, early to rise. Okay. And I can t change anyone who's a nighttime person into a morning time person, utilizing light therapy to change their circadian rhythms. Really? 
And so uh, anyone can take advantage and get on a more regular program and that'll help sleep. It'll help all sorts of things in regards to brain chemistry. Now, some people at the end may say, I need to go to the residential program that, that you have or go to a locally held uh, eight-week program or get yeah. your book. Can uh -huh. they learn about this circadian rhythms in the book? They can. Okay. Yes, yeah, we have it uh, in our book and also in our workbook as well. So if I'm not attentive to those sleep rhythms, that, that could be a risk factor for me as well. Exactly. If you're having sleep problems, um, the first thing you need to worry about is your circadian rhythm because if that's fixed, you're not going to need pills, you're not going to need anything else. All right. And so uh, that's, the, that's therapy number one that we give for even people that have insomnia that don't have depression. Put a check alongside and <laughs> do something about this, right? Exactly. All right. The fifth are areas of addictions. And you know, addictions are at an all-time high in our society. One of the reasons why depression is going up. So it could be a substance addiction, like alcohol, or it could be a non-substance addiction, like gambling or pornography. And so um, addictions do play a toll in regards to brain chemistry. And that's also something that you can do something about. Right. And uh, take some choice and decisions and reliance upon God. Um, to change habits, but uh, those are things that can change. And that's deceptive because many people, they pursue addictions to try to feel better. Exactly. But it's actually causing them to that's slide right. as a greater risk. Yeah, it's one of those depression. positive feedback cycles where if you have anxiety or depression, you're more likely to turn to an addiction as a way of self-medicating. Okay. Uh, and then that's only going to compound the problem and make it worse. And so uh, one of the solutions is improving brain chemistry comprehensively and getting rid of that addiction will actually help you much more. We're taking a list. I think we're down to That's right. risk factor number six. No, number six is nutrition. This is what we're putting into our body. I could do something about body. that too, right? Exactly. Sometimes just some simple changes, you know, some more tryptophan and the right type of tryptophan that's going to come with carbs to get it into the brain will help make serotonin. Tyrosine uh, with carbs will also get into the brain and help with concentration and help with interest. And so there's a lot of good therapeutic techniques with nutrition. In fact, I've been gratified. I've been doing this research in nutrition for many years, uh, Derek, but the interesting thing is last year the most prestigious journal in Europe in psychiatry came out and said that if psychiatrists and mental health professionals don't address nutrition in the brain with all the evidence that's there, it's basically malpractice mm. because there's so much evidence that what we're putting into our body affects our brain chemistry. We know that, but yet patients aren't being told. They're mm. given a medicine and never asked a question about what they're eating. And, you know, one of the things that I appreciate, my wife says, simple things, eat pumpkin seeds. That's uh, right. Put flax on your cereal. Exactly. Uh, blueberries. I mean, just That's things right. that can make a difference. Practical. Practical things, yeah. We're, after the break, we want to talk about a few more risk factors, but then we want to talk about the way out. Great. There are some things that we can do. You're listening and I'm listening, we're saying, taking notes. But I want to tell you what's exciting is that God wants us to experience life in all of its fullness. Some things you couldn't do anything about in your life. Some changes we can make, but we can all move towards a healthier and more joyful lifestyle. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion right after the break.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, depression recovery. Our guest, Dr. Neil Nedley. Neil, it's been amazing to, to hear what some of those risk factors are. You're saying everyone could have some of those. Correct. But when it gets too many, uh, red lights start to flash, high yeah, risk. Exactly. I think we listed six. Uh, can you list the last four and then we want to talk about what we can do. Toxins. This is one that a lot of people are not familiar with. Of course, we heard about the Michigan lead issue. That's right. But heavy metals can actually, mercury is actually the most common heavy metal poisoning. Mm. And uh, what studies have shown is the more fish you eat, the more depression and anxiety you have. Is that amazing? And because people typically think eating fish is, is healthy. going to be healthy because the omega-3. And it, 100 years ago, it was a great way to get your omega-3. <laughs> but not anymore because of the mercury in fish. We can track people's mercury level in their bloodstream simply by how much fish they're eating. Mm -hmm. And we did a study, in fact, if you uh, Google us on the scientific forum, we did a study on the 6,000 patients that went through this program and we asked questions about their fish consumption and it was very clear the more fish consumed, the more depression and anxiety they had and we're not the, only, the first ones to demonstrate that. Wow. And so, so uh, toxins. we need to get rid of toxins and get our omega-3 from non-toxic sources. Wow. Number eight is social. And so this might be a significant loss that you've had. It may be, you know, the loss of a loved one. Loss it could of be a job, loss maybe? of a job. That's right. Loss of being in a social network, you know, mm -hmm. having to move or something. Makes uh, you more susceptible. Makes to you depression. more susceptible. And right. uh, feelings of social isolation as well. Mm. Number nine are medical conditions. And a lot of those things we can do something about. High cholesterol, for instance, increases your risk of depression. High blood pressure does as well. And those are, those are, uh, non-communicable diseases. You, you don't catch those things. That's right. You acquire them mainly by lifestyle. You acquire right? them by lifestyle as well. So there's some lifestyle things that can help correct those. And then number 10, and probably the most overlooked, is the frontal lobe of the brain approach. Our secular society in this big push towards secularism has actually increased depression and anxiety. Wow. And the frontal lobe is the seat of spirituality, morality, and the will. We now know it's the control center of the brain. And as that frontal lobe is strengthened by actually analyzing scripture and belief and applying it in your life, you actually recover from depression 70% sooner. Amazing. If so you're that not spiritual doing dimension like that. can help. The spiritual dimension is key. I imagine our viewers going, you've convinced me there are lots of risk factors. I've got more than I need or I'm perilously close. Uh, let's talk about the way out. What, what, what are some things specifically we could do? Well, what I would uh, recommend that you do is um, actually there's, there's three major options that we offer. One is a home-based version where you can go through a program on your own, take the tests, do all those things to see what risk factors you have, and then it's a designer program in a home-based setting. It's a DVD and workbook and a packet that comes with it. And we'll put that web address up on the screen. Uh, we'll actually turn them to our website yeah. so they can get that information. A less expensive and actually a better option is to find a program that's being run in your community. And if there isn't a program run in your community, I would encourage you to get on our website and take the training, the trainer course, so that you can be a site to put on this program in your local community. 
and that actually is uh, far less expensive for the consumer and then they have a group setting where they're going through it with others and so it's a very effective tool to be able to uh, be health coached through this process and uh, there have now been over 20 studies published on this and it, it's a humbling statement to, to state this but actually it's been described as the most efficacious therapy for depression and anxiety ever published in the medical literature. And so, uh, and you're not taking a medicine, you're not doing risky things, you're just getting on the right comprehensive program to improve brain chemistry and it gets better. The third aspect is a residential program and this is for the severe cases, maybe those who've uh, contemplated suicide or have already uh, attempted suicide or are just beyond being able to be to go to a group-based program. And then you've got a physician on site. And that's a therapeutic program. That's uh -huh. not just an education program like I described earlier. This is where we have a doctor, we have a clinical psychologist, we have everything going for that individual, also in a group setting. Uh, and uh, the results of that are also extremely powerful. And my wife, who's a nurse practitioner, had the privilege of shadowing one of those residential programs, and she said the results were nothing short of miraculous. Yes, it is amazing. The relatives come 10 days later, and they break down in tears and saying, what have you done with my loved one? Of course, they look better, they're feeling better, and their balanced brain is back. They're back. It's amazing. And they're praising God. So a home-based program, they get, we can connect that through the web address we'll put on That's our right. website. Uh, a uh, community-based program, which is typically an eight-week program, an eight right? Eight-week program, a week. once a week. Mm -hmm. and, or a residential. But there is something, you don't have to live in that debilitated state. Some, so there's a way out. There is a way out. And uh, take the way out. Don't put up with this because studies show it increases your risk of disease, relationship problems, financial issues. Um, there's all sorts of complications and all sorts of benefits if you get rid of the disease. Uh, someone might say, but that's uh, going to cost some money and time. I remember in a presentation once you said that people who are depressed are less productive, they earn less money. I mean, that's it right. costs money to be depressed. It's the best investment they can make. <laughs> uh, and one year later, they tell us that. They tell us how much more money they're getting in, how much more appreciated they are in the job setting, they're getting raises or they're getting another job, and they're moving up the financial ladder, and it was the best investment they, they could take. So a, a, a mixture of some very practical steps, maybe yes. sometimes some medical assistance, Correct. Do sometimes need medicine too? Or? Sometimes, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we're not against a medicine. We just want the entire package that'll produce the best result. And Dr. Nedley, God is producing some amazing results. And uh, you very humbly said, best, best research coming out, what God's doing through this depression recovery program. Thanks for being our guest on Ministry in Motion today. And I just want to say to you, if you're watching, Go to our website, ministryinmotion.tv. You can watch the program again. You say, I need to watch this, write down all of the symptoms and the risk factors or hits as we call them. But you'll also find a web address for Dr. Nedley's program, how you can help yourself perhaps, certainly help those in your community. Depression recovery, what a gift that would be to those you love, to those in the community where you serve. Take what you've learned today there's a need out there, and go out and make a difference. Be a blessing to those around you. Thanks for joining us for Ministry in Motion.